Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. My stance is I think every, everything should be played on grass. Um, you can, or I can, I guess I'll speak for myself, because, but I think most people agree, you feel a difference when you play a game on grass and turf. Um, you know, when I was a young player, I didn't quite believe it, but now that I've gotten to the age I'm at, you feel it in the, your ankles, knees, hips, back. It just, the torque that you, you end up generating through that turf just wears on your body so much more if you're not even talking about injuries and cleats getting stuck in the ground. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Cry me a river. <laughs> I usually think- let you open the show. No. Not today. Yeah, that caught me by surprise. Yeah. Well, technically, actually, none of us opened the show. Uh, John Sterling opened the show. And then had no idea where he was going. Have a wonderful night. Who's who's on after us? I don't know, so I can't give him a plug. <laughs> do we have a do we have a post game show? No, John, there was no game. Yeah. Nothing to talk about. No. Uh it was it was the messiest rap I have heard in a long time. Could have tried to describe uh, maybe the kind of rain they were seeing. It was pouring rain. Like John and Mark from uh, Vandy. Oh, yeah. Had uh, Mark running all over the stadium describing uh, weather patterns. Types of raindrops. Yeah. Light, heavy, mist. Yeah. All, all I was waiting for was, uh, um, I don't know, is it, are there cats and dogs? Mm. Is it raining cats and dogs? Uh, we didn't we didn't get that. So, uh, yeah, we now have a full show. Uh, and I thank you because you flew on in here. Uh, you made it in a few minutes in time. We got Keegan through traffic. Uh, is is the uh, is that street still closed? Yes. By, uh, by Bishop Street. Yeah. Yes. Me, it, too. That, yeah, that was actually through that. I was going to harp on that for a second. Oh, let's do it. We're right here. Good. Lord. We're, we're, we're already okay. on this. I um, I I know that. Infrastructure in Hawaii is challenging, okay? Boy, that's a nice way to say it. I want to throw that out there. Now, for everyone listening to this that lives here knows construction is downright stupid at times. Mm -hmm. Just stupid. And I come from an area of the country where we have construction on a yearly basis, okay? Because it snows in the winter. You have to throw salt down to eat away at the snow, and then the salt ends up eating away at the at the the gravel and the asphalt. So you have to re-asphalt every summer. It's an endless cycle in, okay. in, in the Midwest. We don't have that problem out here. So every time I see repaving or stuff like that, I'm like, do do they really have to do it all that often out here? Like it's just that immediately comes to mind because we don't have the same weather. Uh, challenges that we do in Chicago. Um, and there were two different places today. Ironically, in my escapades today, I found myself in Kailua, okay, heading north on the poly. Okay. And they had us going from three lanes down to one, okay, right by the, um, uh, I guess that's like right by the turn to go to Enchanted Lake. Okay, yeah. And there's that health center on the right, okay, that light. You know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. They had two lanes blocked off, and my other favorite thing is when you have the lanes blocked off, but no one is working (laughs) inside of where you're blocking the lanes off. So it's a complete waste of space, and whoever the foreman is or whoever's over these projects, don't 
care enough about the people in their poor cars, me <laughs> and Keegan, okay, to follow in your footsteps and move the cones along to help everybody out. And the same thing today, this is classic Hawaii, okay? My, my normal route to get down here from Manoa, okay, I take Prospect around by Roosevelt and stay above uh, town traffic uh-huh. and then plan my descent uh, kind of right by the pack club, if you will, okay? okay? So I come right there and end up right by Bishop Street, what you described, in that little turn to get on, um, I guess, uh, on Alakea right here. Yeah. Was blocked off. They, they gave you no warning until you're on the turn, and then you can't go anywhere. That's and right, then, yeah. And then, of course, I look to see what it's blocking off, and there's nothing that it's blocking off, Josh. Oh, they just put the cones up and left them there. Oh. And I, I hate that we're opening the show with this because I don't want to just be someone who gripes on traffic, but it genuinely got me a little upset today. It, in the words of, of Chris Hart, it grinds your gears. It gr- you know what grinds my gears? <laughs> it was okay. It wasn't quite Peter Griffin, but it was close. Um, it grinds my gears. See, I, I guess I got in early today, so I didn't really have to deal with nice. that. But I, the last couple of days, I have kind of sat through that on my way in. And and, and you're right. Well, I, I mean, I come from um, off of Vineyard and turned down. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I don't see any signage. Yeah. The first thing I see is so you cars don't go. Up. You don't go all the way to Polly to turn left. No. You do the one right before it. Correct. So do I. I it's the same route. Right. And yeah, until you are on it, do right. you find out? Oh, I can't turn here, and now I have to go north away from where our studios are at. Mm-hmm. And now you turn at the Vineyard Polly intersection. Yeah. Come on, guys. Okay. <laughs> In in every uh, profession, there's a call to be better. In this one, I, I across the island today, two different locations, we got to be better. Yeah, <laughs> just check on what your on what your work was doing. Yeah, and and normally, by the way, circle um, back. I have uh, I have this app. It's this H and L Info app. It's okay. really good. I love it. Anytime there's a shark sighting, capital letters. Uh, in fact, I got one a little while ago. Shark warning, Y&I Boat Harbor, okay. for example. Lane closures. I uh, got some from, from earlier this morning. I'm seeing all these lane closures, lane closures, lane closures, road closures. Nothing about um, Polly down to Bishop. None, nothing about that. Nope. I even got where they had, uh, was it Monday, when they closed Costco EV Lay because of the, uh, they called the police investigation. What we ended up hearing was a bomb threat. Even that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of great information. Which, that's a helpful app right it there is. because yeah. we don't get the same sort of intel on, say, Google Maps, Apple Maps. The integration to our phones mm-hmm. don't always give us up-to-date local local Kimbra. You right. know what I mean? Like <laughs> closures of lanes. You don't know until you're on it. and then <laughs> He could clip that, by the way. The, your normal – you're normally driving to work. I'm making great time today. Oh my gosh, I gotta make a, <laughs> I gotta make a U-turn. Well, you know what happened too. This got us. We had a, um, one of those like big suit meetings earlier today. Okay. Which is why I came in early because yep. you know coming in from um, 
from East Oahu, I don't want to. I don't want to be late for one of those big suit meetings that mm-hmm. took two hours and fifteen minutes. And, and um, you're wearing your nice shoes. I am my nice shoes and, and my the socks. and my avocado socks. Okay. Um, everybody was late. Everybody except for me and the boss were there on we time because we were here early because hey. of that very spot. That's no Bishop longer Street Josh's area. Monday, folks. That he is right. ready to play. I, that is right. Yeah. I, am, I am here. I am ready to go. Uh, it is off the bench. Uh, welcome. It is uh, lifestyle talk in radio. Uh, traffic, weather on the nines or on the twelves, because it's uh, it's twelve after nice. the hour. And you know what? I'm gonna bring it back to our opening sound. Okay. <laughs> I was Just, about to, but you did it. So good. Okay. People might be asking, what are these guys talking about? It has nothing to do with sports. Actually, it does. Okay. Weather causes roads to be chopped up, which causes construction, which potholes. causes potholes, and then, i.e., traffic. Mm-hmm. Weather also is the reason why turf was invented. Mm-hmm. So that you can play game after game after game and not wait for the field to dry and right. not get muddy. There you go. Back to the opening soundbite, Josh. And, yeah, there We're was rain yesterday. Mm-hmm. There was rain yesterday. Uh, in Or not yesterday. Monday. And Sunday, which yep. was also had a game. Sunday night football was in the same stadium. That's right. The The sound we heard about 10 minutes ago was Connor McGovern. He is uh, the, the guard from the New York Jets. So, obviously, he's going to be a little biased. Um he plays on a team in which their quarterback is done for a year. Uh, I got Joe Burrow's audio. We'll, we'll get to that in a little while. But yeah, you'll you'll be a little biased because sure, you kind of you, you kind of feel like you've just lost your guy because of turf. And I get it. MetLife Stadium has claimed some people. Tell me what stadium hasn't. You know, I I I find it very convenient that we're getting these calls for changes in, you know, turf versus grass. Now, the players' union is trying to, you know, their thing is, oh, every new stadium, um, you know, has to have grass, not turf. So they're trying to make this make this big run. But where was this previously? Um, you know, mm. were, were we waiting for Aaron Rodgers to be hurt? Like, if you really had a problem, should you have said something when MetLife was built? I don't recall when MetLife Stadium was built that people were making a, a, a really big deal about, um, you know, it being turf, not grass. They used to talk about the AstroTurf. Well, that's like a different kind of turf. Exactly. Yeah. And that kind of hybrid carpet mm-hmm. that they uh, used during the 80s where you couldn't wear cleats on it or they would get stuck. Yeah. Like, b- back in the day, you would literally wear some sort of hybrid tennis shoe on AstroTurf. This isn't the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, for you, you don't mind. You don't mind turf. You don't mind grass. No, and, you know, the, the specific thing on him complaining about his, you can feel the difference on your ankles, your knees, your hips. Pretty much any big boy in the world is going to say something like that. Any big boy. Yeah. And, th- granted, they play a different totally different game than than everybody else um you also don't hear basketball players complaining about the type of wood that they they play on basketball involves a great deal amount of you know the 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 sneakers squeaking on the floor and that's from friction and cutting and stopping and jumping on a dime. And we've learned there are different types of floors. Go to the Cannon Activity Center and you could basically bounce on a trampoline and play basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, there 
there's a level. I feel like I'm Arnold Martinez. There's <laughs> there's levels to this, right? Uh, yes. He says that all the time. Um, which is a reason why the U.S. women's national team would not play at Aloha Stadium because the old turf that was there sucked. Mm. Was awful. Was it really? Awful. Explain that because most people might not know that. Everybody's all upset at them because they decided not to play. But maybe explain that for some people who may, who may not understand. Um, the, the old turf versus the new turf. The new turf that's at both Aloha Stadium, unfortunately, is just sitting there. Um, and T.C. Ching Athletic Complex feels like grass. Okay. It, it's got a spongy kind of give to it. And uh, intertwined within the fibers across the entire field, between the fibers of the blades of turf, are these little rubber pallets mm, mm-hmm. or, uh, or bullets, I should say. They're, they're like a quarter of an inch long. They're super, super tiny. And they act as the soil for the the turf to have some life right, in it. Right. Before that, that audio bite from that guard is actually somewhat true. Um, before that, there was no give. And if you landed incorrectly, you, you felt like you were landing on rock. Um, so it might look soft from above, but on it, it can be kind of hard. And so the old turf... Like they, they they've made some serious progress in technology even since I left high school, um to to the new turf that's available right now. But I'm sure MetLife has the the biggest and the best kind of turf out there. You would think. I mean, it's New York, you know. New York's got a lot of the the best things out there. That's they right. Would, they wouldn't skimp on that to have two NFL teams play there on a less than standard field surface. Also, like football is football, man. Mm-hmm. Let's take a snapshot from back in like the 1950s when they were playing in slop, right, and mud, and uh, from the ice bowl, right? Like those N- old NFL film mm-hmm. clips. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Sorry. thank you. Good little duo right there. Yeah, I know. Um, that really worked. We'd never rehearsed it. Nope, off the cuff. You go back to those clips, and not only are guys slipping and sliding all over the place, but then they get up, and half of their jersey is just covered in mud. Mm-hmm. And they're having a great time, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're all high-fiving, and that's why I said, cry me a river. Yeah. Cry me a river. Yes, there's, there's a genuine sweetness when you are on a great grass field. That's what Notre Dame had Mm -hmm. before they put turf in just a few years ago. It was one of the last remaining college stadiums with, with grass soldier field has that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Lambeau still is grass. I think so. Um, Arizona is grass, but they roll it out. They can roll it out and get Mm -hmm. it, get it sunlight and stuff like that. Um, To me, it's more nostalgia and it feels really cool. Yeah. But then again, I've never blown a knee on turf. How is um? Uh, well, you know what? Let me hold that thought. Okay. I was going to ask you how the how how you feel the turf is at the Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex. Uh, I want to get uh, Joe Burrow's words on this as well. As soon as uh, I have someone who's okay with taking us to break, which we will. Uh, you're listening to Off the Bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. Just take- 
Uh, best text, by the way, here in the show so far comes from Mike. And by the way, uh, audio uh, audio in the other room is in, uh, in your email, so you can have that ready when you have a chance. Uh, Mike texts in, hey, off the bench crew. Hey. I thought I was listening to On Point with Artie Wilson, LOL. He almost always has a traffic rant at the beginning of his show. Well, you see, the reason why, or as the cool kids say, what happened was yeah. he comes in at 9 o'clock when there's traffic. Yeah. And many times he's, he's been I mean, battling. his office is out in Kahala. So, of course, you're going to get H1 traffic on your way in for a 9 o'clock show. Also, I only gave you all half of what I really <laughs> wanted to say. There's not enough time for no. that. <laughs> so, yeah. Artie will more likely than not give you a traffic rant because he is literally driving in it to uh, bring you the hour of content that you all so truly deserve. He's fresh off the battlefield. That, that is right. Uh, one more here. This is from the 223. Really kind of playing to you here. Those traffic cones for nothing blocking off lanes on a freeway happens almost every night going west from Fort Chapter to Pearl Ridge exit and oftentimes no workers to see. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. And then, like, one cop, okay, like, one who th- – th- those cops, by the way, are the ones almost about to retire. I, l- I learned that from my buddy's dad. They're, they're literally in their last couple of years, and they take those really? late-night hours, and they sit in their car and watch movies on their iPads. <laughs> Okay. Really? I, I learned that from my buddy who was excuse me, wow, yes, he got me there. Who was a very wow. high ranking police officer in HPD. <laughs> he would grab all of those for like <laughs> the the midnight hell hours because it's double time and your pension is based off of your four highest years. Okay. And so the last four years before you retire, you grab all of those. <laughs> And so, you uh, to that texture's defense, I'm with you, man. W- why do, we, <laughs> w- why are we driving a half a mile to see no work being done and one lone black forerunner with some blue lights on and a little white glow from inside? He's, <laughs> he's watching movies. It's even worse than you can think. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I can I can no longer go um, eastbound on the freeway where they do the repaving by the Punahou exit. Oh, yeah. I can no longer look at that the same way now, thanks yep. to you. Um, Joe Burrow's words on the whole turf versus grass thing. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Uh, we got Sports Center here. We've got some of your text in on this. Um, we might have Michael Lombardi today. I, <laughs> I, I think that might happen. There was kind of a, a, a disconnect on um, timing and stuff like that, you know. Emails can be kind of... Um, a lot of mites today. We didn't even know we'd have a show. That is right. We went from maybe having two hours to maybe having no hours to all of a sudden having three hours. So a uh, lot of stuff coming up here over the next couple of hours. And you know when you've got K-Dub in with you on SportsCenter, you know something's going on. Uh, as he mentioned there at the top, uh, Hunter Brown and three relievers for the Houston Astros have combined... To no hit the Oakland A's through eight innings in Houston. Uh, we'll watch for that one. Um, I don't think we're going to have bonus coverage on that when they go to the ninth inning, but we'll watch how that goes uh, when the A's go to the plate in the ninth. Here it's off the bench. If you're tuning in for Yankees and Red Sox, they did not play today. 
they were rained out for the second time in three days. Uh, they will play a doubleheader tomorrow. Game one of that doubleheader will be on our sister station, CBS 1500. Um, we've been talking about this whole grass turf thing, right, after yeah. the Aaron Rodgers injury. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420 from the 389. If they really want to reduce injury by changing the field surface, they should use a softer turf that slows the players down. Now, I'm not uh, I, I'm, I'm not an agricultural major. I'm not uh, I'm also not in, uh, in 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 the no one synthetic turf. So I'll just I'll ask the dumb question right out of the gate. Is there a softer turf that can slow these players down? Um, well, let, let's look at one player specifically. You, you take Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. on asphalt, have him run, have him run on really short grass and then really long grass. It's probably going to be a slower time on really long grass. No doubt. See, I don't need a, I, I don't need a degree to know that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about there being a, a specific type of turf that would slow people down enough to avoid injury. And that's the part to me that is the dumbest part of this conversation Mm -hmm. that we can act like injuries can be prevented in a violent game like football. It happens every week, right? In every game. That's literally why I have a job as the sideline reporter. (laughs) Yeah, it's true to talk about when people get hurt. Unfortunately, you never want it to happen, but it just does. Now, the one thing that turf will never be able to do is break apart. Okay? Like, take golf, for instance. When you hit a golf ball and then you grab turf afterwards, what happens? A divot. Mm -hmm. It comes out in a huge chunk. Same thing on a football field. If the grass is kind of wet and you hit it at an angle with some force, you're going to dig into the grass and slide can't do that in turf no you'll slide on the surface of it but you will not get down into the fibers of it and have any kind of give that's the difference the only thing about turf and i'm reminded of this with um les murakami stadium's turf you got to maintain it Mm. um the turf at les murakami stadium is old yep it has been in need of replacement for years now it's actually the old kind that i was referring to in uh-huh. that, that first segment mm-hmm. of doesn't have much give to it. Yeah, the domo turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it needs work um, soon, sooner rather than later. I want to see Rich Hill's uh, designs for having the uh, the H. I think the H. What do you say? The H behind home plate, the Hawaiian Islands oh, across the cool. outfield. That would be sick. Yes. Everything turf, so even the mound would yep. be turf, which has become kind of a standard thing now. I agree, because then you get that kind of weird uh, dirt, rusty kind of bleed onto the surrounding turf, and it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's play Joe Burrow, uh, Cincinnati quarterback. He was asked about the whole uh, turf and grass debate following the Aaron Rodgers injury. Well, I think, you know... Last couple of years, studies have come out how, how much safer grass fields are. Uh, so I think that's that's important. Uh, but obviously, you know, I think the most important thing is having a, a standard for the turf fields, having each turf field across the league be 
have a certain standard and all of them are the same. You know, every everywhere you go it has turf and each turf is different. And I think having uniformity across the league would be best. That's probably fair, right? Yep. I mean, I, I can see in some places where it is not beneficial to have turf. Um, places where it you have probably extremish weather. Like Arizona is probably a good one where you're in the desert. Yeah. If it's really, really dry, I don't know that that's necessarily a great place to have. Um, well, I would say maybe it's not a great place to have grass, but they have grass. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would think there are some places that it probably works out and it probably doesn't. I think they are one of the the lone state-of-the-art grass options. That's true. Yeah. In the NFL because – they have that movable field to go get its sunlight and then bring it right back under the dome. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always in a controlled environment. So I agree with him that from a competition standpoint, there needs to be a standard that we're at the NFL. We're at the biggest and the best that it is. There needs to be standard across the board on – what type of surfaces we're playing on. You know, they're governing bodies in other sports like golf. The USGA has a say on how the tournaments are prepared so that there's a standard. You, you make it here, you're going to play on a USGA standardized course. Mm -hmm. um, you and I, during the break, we're talking about another sport, soccer, and the English Premier League and all of the different fields over there having – Heat, heated and water filtration systems right. underneath the grass fields. It's a standard. It's the English Premier League. It's the right. best there is. Why can't they have that in the NFL? It's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Standardize it in every stadium. Yeah, I, I think what we talked about was, you know, with, with all these teams privately owned, yeah. Um, and it, you know, most of these stadiums are not like privately funded. There are a lot, there's a lot of public money that goes into it that it can get kind of messy once you start going into the details of, uh, you know, how you, how you budget that out. So I, that can be one of those issues, but I, I, I like what Joe Burrow said. You can, in those details, make it an NFL mandate to make sure that if a team or a or municipality is going to fund a stadium that they have to apply by those standards or the NFL is just not going to play in that stadium. And they know what that type of turf is. Mm -hmm. We may not, but they do. You know, um, since we mentioned Les Murakami Stadium's turf earlier, yeah. which they're, they're hoping to replace very soon, this texter uh, brings up an interesting idea. This is from the 373. Uh, You're a graphic designer, so I kind of want to know what, how you feel about this design here. I suggested it years ago, the texter says, but nobody takes anything to it. But what do you think about painting the warning track a rainbow color? Because it's shaped like a rainbow anyway. Ooh. Graphic designer, I'll let you go first before, you know, the baseball person in me answers that. At the less. At, at Les Murakami Stadium, yeah. I mean, the shape part of it, I get. Unfortunately, with something like a rainbow, it can it can look tacky. Yeah. It can look tacky very quickly if you don't coordinate it with our colors. Now, the old OG University of Hawaii rainbow really only has four. I think there were like four colors in it. There was 
uh, a red, a yellow, a green, and a blue. I mm. think those are the, the four. It might work. You think so? It might, but it needs to be done well and with with taste. It it might look better on the uh, kind of half half circle behind home plate, kind of huh. an inverse one right there. Okay. It might be a little much to cover the length, or sorry, the width of the entire outfield. How do I be nice about this? Okay. Um, what about the top of the dugouts? That wouldn't be bad. That would not be bad at all. That would not be bad. Just at a all. little flare yeah. on the side. See, I I will go from the the person who's watching a game. Okay. And if I'm trying to watch something, let's say that goes out to the outfield, it's going to be really distracting, really, really, really distracting um, to look out. Oh, there's a ball hit deep out to right field. Outfielders going back, and I'm seeing like five different colors, not including the uniform, mm. and then the wall color. And now I need to still track the ball as I'm looking out toward all of that. Um, that's really, really hard. So I don't endorse it on the warning track. I also don't know if it's a rule that the warning track has to be brown. Mm. Um, but I'll in, I'll endorse it a different area because I don't I don't I, I feel bad. I'm like I'm like shutting down this guy's idea. He already feels like nobody listens to his idea. Um, but I'll, I'll 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 go somewhere different. You know, in the backstop, and maybe they might not allow it. I don't know. You know, in the backstop where the advertising signage yeah. is. Yeah. So have the rainbow surround the signage. I like that. So, so that like the padding. Yeah. So yeah. you have the, the, the rainbow logo on the padding and it, it curves around the edge of the right side of the, yep. um, of that billboard thing. And then you have your billboard right there. It's not bad. Subtle. But if you're on TV, you see it yep. right there in, in the background. As uh, as you're watching the now the other thing they need to fix is the lighting on that thing because um, they've already had to shut down that thing twice because the lighting has been too distracting for the pitcher. Yeah, you know I think having uh, different branding options available to the baseball team is more fitting than with the football team, right? Because th- there's they're a little more expressive mm-hmm. over on the baseball side of things. Yeah. Very rarely on baseball do we see the all black. That's pretty much a little bit with basketball, a little bit with volleyball, primarily just football. Yeah. Um, funny that they brought up warning track. Okay. This last game against UAlbany, we had that incident where the UAlbany player ran mm, yeah. full speed. Yeah. I mean all-out sprint trying to catch that ball. To be fair, terrible throw. Yes, you're right. And he might have been throwing it away. <laughs> it right. was that far out of out of play. Leads th- a question. Do they need a warning track on the football field? Yes. Because really, there's only at most 10 feet from the edge of the end zone and the stands. I mean, you could have a warning track, but I don't know how much a warning track is going to help you. If you're running that full speed, yep. that, that would be really, really hard. The, you have to know, and it's one of those unfortunate things. You know, in playing outfield, you know if I turn left, 
and kind of back up towards the warning track, I've got five hard steps mm-hmm. before I'm expecting that warning track. So you've got in your mind in playing the position, I need to kind of slow down. What can be different with football as compared to baseball? Because baseball is an outfielder. Yeah, you've got to have that kind of like a ticking clock. Exactly. In your head. If you're a football player, every every area behind the end zone is different depending where you play. So you might not have that internal step counter in your head at because maybe at your stadium it's different than at Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. And you're trying to make a catch and you're you're looking up instead of looking down to see, you know, where where, uh, where the boundary line is and to be fair, if you're running a forty yard goal ball, you know when that thing's been up there a little too long. Mm-hmm. So there there is that in the back of your mind ticking time clock, okay. if you will. Okay. That I you know, just as a player, I'm kind of putting myself in that U Albany's receiver shoes right yeah. now you, you'd have to glance and just check to save yourself from potentially killing yourself right it's a fair point yeah um update on that no hitter alert in houston uh astros had a combined no hitter against the oakland A's. that has been uh erased uh hit with one out in the top of the ninth inning good for oakland astros still lead it's 6 nothing. They've got two on with one out in the top of the ninth. But, uh, yeah, it's the ace. They're not coming back from that. Uh, more of your texts also coming up. Um, we got to listen to uh, a little bit with, uh, with with Craig Angeles last night on the Craig Angeles Show. Uh, there were some good conversations. Maui Invitational came up, and he all but confirmed that it is likely going to happen. Um, there are some final details that, uh, that that need to get done on that. So uh, that a little bit later on. But also, the resting policy in the NBA was voted on and approved. We'll get to that coming up. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Gotten a few things here on the uh, grass and climate. And today's uh, agriculture now is brought to you by That's right. no one. Well, except the NFL. The, the NFL's kind of forced us into this. Yeah. A um, couple more things for you, uh, you agricultural nerds. Keegan, I say that in, in the, the nicest possible way. 619. I think standardizing turf or choice of field takes away from home field advantage. Mm. Baseball stadiums are different. It's an advantage to the home team. Not all grass glo- grows in uh in in different climates baseball they always say um you know hey uh, uh you know, whoever the grounds creeper uh creeper the grounds <laughs> <laughs> hey so, I, sometimes they come out of the woodwork those grounds creepers i literally uh, saw like the grim reaper out there with a lawnmower um you know sometimes these these grounds keepers they might uh put a little extra water on the infield and just, you know, soften it up a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, not only slow down a ground ball, but maybe, it, you know, you slow down the track so it's harder to steal bases. Um, Do you know what that's also for? What is it? To anti-dust the field. Oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think the baseball side, yeah, you can kind of give yourself a, a home field advantage. But to to the texter's point, should there be a such thing in, in a more physical game? like football of a home field 
advantage? Like, should that be a thing? Baseball, I get it. I don't know if I see it the same way for football. Hmm. Now, it is interesting, though. You know, when you consider teams like the Bears or Lambeau, uh, Baltimore, New York, Buffalo, I'm thinking of North northern teams uh-huh. where cold elements play a big role in what you would hope would be to your advantage. And then you have Justin Fields demanding that the Bears get a dome. So, um, <laughs> You're still not going to win no. in a dome. Golly. Unfortunately. Sorry. So I, I'd actually – I don't mind that. It's It's a decent proposal from that texter. I think it's just, it's bigger than home team advantage, though, in the uh, in the conversation of making an excuse for maybe bad turf mm-hmm. to some teams. You can't just say, "Oh, but th- that's that's our our team's turf and tough biscuits." It's our home field. Right. I like the idea of standardizing it across the league because yeah. you can still get cold, you can still get snow elements. Mm-hmm. But the field, the thing that we're all standing on, I think needs to be standardized. You don't see a lot of non-contact injuries in baseball. You see a lot of non-contact injuries in sports like football and basketball. Yep. And I think that um, that, that makes a big difference. Uh, coming up in about uh, eight minutes, our uh, uh, first look at one of the bigger stories of the day, which comes from the NBA, and that is... Uh, this rest rule, yes. Especially, there is there is an underlying money element to this that maybe not a lot of people are talking about, and it might not be what you're uh, what you're necessarily thinking. That coming up here um, in just a little bit. But uh, since we are at the end of the hour, um, we we don't do this enough. Uh, sometimes we just don't have the time to. But this is the uh, the text message dump where uh, for those that have gotten in on things over the course of the hour, uh, and we just haven't gotten to you. The text message dump covers all of our bases. So um, let's let's get to the text message dump. For example, uh, we were talking about traffic in mm. the first part of the show. And uh, Mike, one of our faithful listeners, said, I thought I was listening to On Point with Artie Wilson because you guys were complaining about the traffic. So, um, so the texter from the 291 said, perhaps Artie should purchase a motorcycle when commuting to the station on Friday in order to whiz through the traffic. I want you all... Or a scooter. I want you all, when you have a chance, just have a visual in your mind. Artie Wilson with that beautiful head of hair, covering it with a helmet, riding a motorcycle. Lay down that visual. Try to enjoy that. Have a get your motor running in the background. Head out on the highway. Have that. (laughs) Yes, yes. Picture that, Hunter. Picture picture that beautiful head of hair covered by a helmet while riding a motorcycle. Or maybe just shades, no helmet. No, we want to preach safety here. Okay. Um, I'm just saying he's too swaggy not to. Uh, you're right. Like some uh, some aviators. and Yeah. Just let, let that image sink. One more here. Uh, texture from the 208. Maui Invitational should have T-shirts that honor Lahaina. Um, we'll get to that conversation a little bit later on. Craig Angelus, Hawaii's athletic director, did discuss it last night on the show that bears his name. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on that coming up next hour. But after Sports Center, 
the NBA is cracking down on resting. Will it work? You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco, Hunter Hughes. This has been, uh, let's say, the uh, the first portion of the show has been kind of an on-the-fly um, adventure of lifestyle and sports and agriculture and Artie Wilson on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? To me, that's an that's an hour of spontaneously fun radio right there. Um, we'll actually get into a few more, you know, actual necessary things as uh, we go across the rest of this show. Uh, you can get in touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. Uh, you can call us at that same number, or if you have Spectrum Mobile uh, or Verizon Wireless, you can call 808-546-1223. We don't want to leave our friends on uh, Spectrum Mobile and Verizon Wireless out, even though I know there have been some... Uh, uh, some hiccups in the system that we have no control over about how people can get into our phone lines and play in contests and all those things. And so we appreciate our people on Verizon Wireless and uh, Spectrum Mobile for sticking with us. Um, one of the stories today has been something the NBA has been grappling with for, for quite some time. And that is this whole um, resting, you know, load management mm. thing that um you know Adam Silver has tried to uh, to to button this up it hasn't necessarily worked uh but there was talk about a tougher rule there and the board of government uh, board of governors today unanimously voted to adopt it um basically this covers games that are on national television these in-season tournaments and in general if you're a team that has multiple all-stars if you sit more than one of them, um, you're going to be in trouble. The fine here, yeah, um, you can fine teams more than $1 million for each instance of violating resting rules. Adam Silver uh, earlier today talked about it. Well, I think, you know, last couple of years of studies have come out how, how much safer grass fields Okay, are. that's not Adam Silver. Uh, I thought that was Adam Silver. Uh, <laughs> turns out that uh, the folks at our, our, our audio service, um, they think Joe Burrow sounds like uh, Adam Silver. Yeah, they labeled the Adam Silver bite as um, Joe Burrow. So I apologize. Uh, that was that was not supposed to be the case. I, uh, I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, Adam Silver is basically saying, you know, we want to remind teams and players that this is an 82-game season, which I like. Um, you know, he says, and I quote, this is an acknowledgement that it's gotten away from us a bit, particularly, I think, when you see young, healthy players who are resting. It becomes maybe even more notion of stature around the league as opposed to absolute needed rest, or it's just part of being an NBA player that you rest on certain days and that's what we're trying to move away from, close quote. I can see, like, hey, baseball's a 162-game season. Yep. You got players on your bench. It's not what you, you know, baseball's a sport where you can't sub in and sub out. So in that sport, I get it when guys take a day off or you have load management over a 162-game season because you can't just freely sub players in and out of a game. I get it, you know, in, in football, you don't really see it because you play once a week. You Bas only have 17 total games. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just tried to wrap my head around it in basketball, and I always come back to, wait, you, as the players have commanded more power, you have commanded these massive salaries. Yeah. And it's those players, not necessarily those on the lower end of the pay scale, it's those players who have commanded the massive salaries that are the ones taking the most rest. Um, 25 teams and 50 players are the ones that technically are impacted based on last year. That's 11% of the league. That is usually the top half, mostly, of the 11% of the league. That doesn't seem right, Hmm. right? I mean, everybody goes back to the paying customer and whether the paying customer should be bummed if they don't see LeBron James play. Um you don't see that in baseball. Let's say if um, Aaron Judge gets a day off, nobody's like, "Oh, um, the Yankees should refund their fans if Aaron Judge has a day off." It's true. Nobody does that, but everybody also realizes it's a 162 game season. It's a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I just think I, I think in this case, it is to me. You want to protect the integrity of your game, and you can't have the integrity of your game when. LeBron is sitting for X amount of games or um, Steph is sitting for X amount of games because they are the ones that drive your league. Yeah. But I, so where's that invisible mark then? Because you, you're okay with a player sitting for 162 games. Now, mathematically speaking, that's literally twice as long mm-hmm. as an NBA season right. if you're going to look at games. Right. Where is that mark then? Because... If we had 100 games, would you not feel as bad as, ah, yeah, we gave LeBron the night off? No. I, I, to me, I look at it less about, less about the number of games, but more the fact that in baseball you're playing pretty much every day. I, I hear that. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to look specifically at time of year. Okay. And I know we want to get to this Adam Silver uh, yeah. bit first. Yeah. No, go for it. Um, we'll get but, Adam Silver out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think – Anything before March, February, somewhere in that ballpark, who cares? To me, mm-hmm. you, you got to expect like, yeah, maybe they won't play. Uh, and again, it's not every game. I think they, they're specifically talking about nationally televised games. In-season tournament. In-season tournaments. But... I I want LeBron to be as healthy and as able to go for another championship as possible. Um. Okay. Let, let's play Adam Silver first. I want to I want to get to some of what you talked about because I think you hit some, some good things. But let's hear Adam Silver first. One thing I want to make clear that the message to our teams and players is not that rest is never appropriate. And I realize there's a bit of an art to this, not just the science, and that's with the hands-on trainers and coaches who are talking to players and saying, how do you feel? I'm certainly not saying that's not relevant. We're trying to deal with some of the most egregious examples where multiple star players, for example, healthy, healthy, all out on the same night, healthy, healthy. And I think that's, we're letting down the fans, we're letting down our partners by doing that. The adoption of the policy was unanimous. There was full support from the Player Association. That was uh, Adam Silver earlier today announcing uh, announcing that agreement. He was at the St. Regis, New York. 
where the meeting was. Okay. I'm, I'm imagining that's pretty fancy. The underlying thing here is that media rights are up. So you're going into negotiation for media rights. Ratings have kind of fluctuated in the NBA. Um, and when you've got weeknight games that are on ESPN or on TNT, or you've got your primetime, your your Saturday primetime or, or Sunday showcase games on ABC that you would hate to have like, hey, we've got the, uh, the Lakers on Sunday showcase, uh, but yet we're not showcasing LeBron. We're showcasing Austin Reeves. Um, and AD is not playing either. <laughs> right. Because yeah. he's bound to be hurt. Um, yeah. You know, that it it it, it kind of comes off as really not – you're not helping your television partner because their ratings are probably going to hurt. And sometimes um, you don't hit a ratings point. You you might owe your advertisers a little bit. Like you got to do some make goods for them. Some do have promises for that. But, uh, again, back to what we were talking about before, first half of the season basketball – runs into the same issues that baseball runs into first half of the year as well. Uh-huh. There's no stakes yet. That's why the in-season tournament thing is supposed to be a bigger deal. Which was going to be my next point. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I'm Perfect segue. He needs to, I'm talking to he, talking about Adam Silver. Adam Silver, now needs to communicate why the players are playing, not just because if you don't, we're going to fine you. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. That's not good enough for them to play hard. That's just good enough to get them in the building and in the jersey. Mm-hmm. You, are you really going to crack the whip, metaphorically, of course, for them not to play 100%? Like, who's going to gauge that? You have to create incentive, and they already make a gargantuan amount of money. Yeah, that's why the incentive part is hard. Again, we, we, we brought it up. I, I think that idea of connecting it to the play-in tournament, of incentivizing the whole team, that, that, that is your, your closest thing for a playoff-level incentive at the beginning of the year-ish mm-hmm. that you're going to get. And you're incentivizing with a dollar figure for a bunch of guys who already have a whole bunch of dollar figures. That's right. Which makes it a little... Uh, a little tougher. Um, you know, I, I get it. They want people to watch basketball October through December when you're only watching on opening night and Christmas Day. I get it. I And and you want the players to take those games seriously. You want the fans to take those games seriously. I understand that. Um, I also know that if you want potential networks to back up a Brinks truck, in order to uh, uh, to be able to you know, air games, you got to kind of prove to them that, hey, uh, you're going to get our best while you're giving us, like, the top shelf, you know, dollar amount in order to do it. Like, you got to have, like, a, a somewhere met in the middle, you know. Hmm. Uh, let's say hi to uh, John, who's been holding on patiently. John, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, for starters, I'm not interested in NBA basketball till about February. But, uh, and that's the thing they're trying to fix. Uh, and the playoffs and stuff, I'm all in it. But I think the biggest thing is, and I've heard a million of these stories about, you know, this guy travels all the way across country with his little kid, and he wanted to see LeBron, and now he's sitting out that night, and there's a the kid crying. But after these guys, and they can only afford to do it like once a year, like a lot of people with these kind of ticket prices and stuff like that. So uh, 
I'm really glad that the NBA took a step uh, in this direction. I don't think it's going to solve the whole problem, but I think that um, if a fan purchases a ticket to see like a certain player, he 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 ought to be able to have a reasonable expectation that they're going to play that night. That's all I have on that. All right, thank you, John. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks. you listening. You you hit a point though, like where is the line? Like, where is the line? Like, we talked about it with baseball. Like, when you go to Yankee Stadium and you buy a ticket, should there be a reasonable expectation that you see Aaron Judge play? Um, it's hard to do with pitchers if you've yep. got, like, a an amazing pitcher who pitches once every five days. If you go to Houston, should you have a reasonable expectation that Jose Altuve is playing, or should you be asking for your money back unless he's hurt? Um, where do we start drawing the line in all sports? I've believed, hey, you know, that's kind of hard. I don't I don't believe in getting a rebate for, um, you know, not having someone there. It's one thing if it's like a concert. It's another thing if it's a once, you know, one in 82 game schedule or one in 41 at home. That that to me is a is a little bit different. You, to me, you got to do your homework. I, I'm a believer in fans doing their homework. Jets fans hoping to see Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you're you're not going to see him this year. No, just, you know, FYI. Hope, hope that's don't, not a spoiler at this point. Don't, don't ask for refunds on that yeah. one. We already know the answer <laughs> to that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not someone who's big on, like, you know, I, I believe if, you, if you're buying a ticket, um, there is a reasonable belief that you have done your homework as to why you've bought the ticket. There you go. Um, and in the NBA, you've just kind of been conditioned that if it's the back half of a back-to-back, the Lakers are on the road, and you are the back half of the back-to-back, it might be likely LeBron's not playing. Yep. So if you were going to buy the ticket to see LeBron, maybe don't. It's like uh, getting your kid a baseball glove for his birthday, but you don't know which which hand he throws with. Mm. Mm-hmm. What if he's a lefty, and you grab him a left-handed baseball mitt? Well, that's on you. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. So, I, I almost wonder though, with this, could teams be more um, savvy? Is not the right word. Could teams be more responsible in scheduling rest? I think so. I think you could. Well, now you're going to be forced to be. Now, now your yeah. responsibility is. Oh, are we not on TNT? And then expecting ticket prices or uh, expect uh, attendance on nights where your stars aren't playing, expend, expect that to dip. Yeah. Um, you also hurt your regional networks, but it seems like they don't really care about that, though. Mm-hmm. It's only the network uh, network one. Texter from the 513. Yeah, traffic is terrible. Well, that, uh, that that keeps it pretty simple. I, I wonder where that texture is coming from, though, yeah. uh, from the 513. Uh, because I'm sure, unless you are driving in your neighborhood, like, you know, just on those those streets right next to your house, it's probably pretty terrible at 423 in the afternoon. Let us know where you are um, at 808-296-1420. That's how you can text us on our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. Yeah, we've had a, a, a little more traffic on this show than, than normally we do. We've been, uh, in case you missed the show, we were riffing on the challenges of coming into the studio today uh, based on the uh, traffic over uh, by Bishop Street with the uh, paving. Uh, texter says H1 onto H2. 
is where uh, where they are. The traffic is terrible. That's just one of the places. Um, Texter from the 619. Thanks, Josh and Hunter. Great topics always. Dig the show. What topics have we gotten today? I, I feel like we've just kind of... Love it. We've scrounged around because of the Yankees-Red Sox uh, postponing. Take the compliment. Yeah, you're, you're right. I'm not good at that. Yeah. You, you know me well enough. <laughs> I, am, I am not good at taking the W's. I am uh, I'm more one of those guys that is very critical. I, I, I know you like the W's more than I do, uh, clearly. Coming up. It's a uh, win. It, it is a win. You're right. There was a column. We didn't get to it uh, two days ago. That was talking about independence. And I couldn't believe. I feel, I feel like this column was probably written like five years ago. Yeah. Um, about the idea of maybe like putting together uh, an independent schedule. We kind of like briefly touched it yesterday, but we never really actually got into it. Um, I want to kind of get into the reality of that uh, coming up in a little while. It's topical with everything going on, you know, realignment and, um, you know, Cal's going into their regions and talking because uh, UCLA is probably going to have to fund Cal. Uh, uh, go into the ACC, which is kind of how things in the UC system work, apparently. Um, but the idea of trying to put together a full schedule as an independent, do you really, really, really want to take that on? We'll talk about that coming up here um, in just a little bit. M. Dyer Global Scoreboard is coming up in uh, just about 13 minutes. Hey, the reviews are in. I go find the texts. <laughs> the reviews are in. I'm waiting anxiously. You guys are entertaining, funny, charismatic. Keep going. No, that's where it ended. Oh. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it, okay. It kind of read like one of those things where you uh, where you watch a, a commercial for a movie, and some of them where they feel like they really need to sell you on the movie. They put some of the um, the reviews that they have, and you're like, oh wait. Why did that outlet review this movie? Like, there was, like, a, a movie recently, and one of the the reviews, it had OutKick. Like, wait, why is OutKick doing a movie review? Shouldn't they go back to, like, um, telling people to not buy a certain beer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. If you know, you know. Uh, there was a column... Just a couple of days ago in the Honolulu Star Advertiser, that kind of piqued my interest. And, um, you know, I, I I read columns because I like to hear thought. I like to read thought. I like, I like thought that isn't necessarily my own because I like to make it make me think. And the column uh, from, uh, from Sarif Goldstein, which was in uh, Monday's edition of the Honolulu Star Advertiser, not that I'm trying to bring up old stuff, but we just haven't really gotten to talk about it. And, hey... Um, it's UH football. The headline of it caught my attention. Even if UH were an independent, a full schedule would work, was the name of the headline of this column. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me in the column mentioned something like this. The goal is 13 games. The ideal would be seven at home. Six or even five could be realistic given the stadium situation. No more than two 
body bag games, um, which, by the way, and, and I'm glad Kanoa mentioned it earlier today because someone asked, the Oregon game is not a body bag game because it's part of a home and home mm. because they're on uh, they're they're on Hawaii's schedule next year. Unlike so, the Michigan game last year, right? So I mean that's that's good. And then the other one is no more than one game against an FCS opponent. So I, I, I take all those things into consideration, and I and I find the the schedule talk kind of interesting. Um, I'm just really curious about why we want to have this conversation about independent scheduling. I thought we were past this. Several years ago when conference realignment was in the conversation and, you know, everybody, oh, you know, you should go independent. I think we could, uh, we could get 13 games and, you know, we could, we could be fine. No, didn't end up happening. And one of the things I always complained about is if you're an independent, what are you playing for? Like if your goal is to, and if you're uh, not Notre Dame, right. To try to go for a national title every year. Mm-hmm. If your goal to is, hell, hey, um, let's get to seven. And that's and that's, you know, your your best goal is let's get to seven wins in a bowl game. I'm sorry. How do you sell that to a recruit that oh okay, we're not playing for a conference championship. You know, our our best the best we can do is going to the Hawaii Bowl every year. And that's if the Hawaii Bowl still has a deal with UH because, you know, all these con- all these bowls have deals with conferences, not teams. The Hawaii Bowl does not have a deal with Hawaii. The Hawaii Bowl has a deal with the Mountain West yep. with the understanding that if Hawaii is bowl eligible, unless it is the conference champion, unless Hawaii is bowl eligible, um, you know, unless that happens, if they're bowl eligible, they're playing in the Hawaii Bowl more likely than not. Um, I would hate to to be that person that's like, yeah, you know, we're, we want you to come play for us. The, the you know, you're you're playing for an opportunity to play in the Hawaii Bowl. I I don't feel like that is, um, something you really want to put out there, right? I mean, you you guys have had it in the locker room when you've played. Your your goal is always, we want to win the Mountain West. No more. I mean, well, obviously, if you can do more, even better. But no less than that. Whether it happens or not, your goal is you want to win your conference. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the ultimate goal is we want to we want to win the Mountain West. But just underneath that, beating specific teams. Okay. Beat Fresno, beat San Diego State, San Jose, Boise. Whenever they you know we see them every few years, we don't like these teams. We want to beat them. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what the rivalry situation is fun because they're in our conference. We play them consistently. You've got a long history of playing these guys through the years, and you've got stories that kind of live in infamy in those matchups. Um, The other thing that I can't sidestep, Josh, is the minute you take on independence, you are kind of going all in on your school's strength by itself right and hoping and praying that it is good on its own and we don't need a conference to give us our lifeblood 
You know, it it's worked in the past for schools like Notre Dame and BYU because they have this massive uh, interweb of alumni that support that school and their brand names, and it's it's a nationally understood brand. Hawaii's not that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to end up like um, New Mexico State. And New Mexico State didn't want to end up like New Mexico State any longer either, and they're in a conference now. Right. So, you know, are, are we in a financial position to just walk away from Mountain West TV revenue sharing? I don't think so. Are we in a situation, I, I hate to break it to uh, this columnist, uh, I hate to break it to him, but we face a serious fine if we choose to leave the Mountain West. That is also true. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he's coming from the, the side of circumstances are, you know, down the road that we can't avoid and we might find ourselves without a conference. Perhaps maybe that's the angle that he's coming from. But right now, Josh, with where the Pac-12 is at, the Mountain West is as strong as it's ever looked, mm-hmm. perception-wise. Right. And we are lucky to be a part of it. I'll say two things to that. We need a conference more than a conference needs us. Yep. But I think we, you know, putting out stuff like that is kind of like the impression that, oh, you know, you're giving the impression that there's some disconnect along the line. Now, maybe part of that is, well, we just averaged 9,000. We're not average. You just had 9,000 tickets issued for um, a game against you, Albany. Maybe you kind of wonder, oh, well, uh, what if uh, we can't keep FBS status? And I don't, I don't even think it really addresses that, but I don't, I don't know why you want to put that out there. Also, who would we play? Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's the other part I was thinking of, but go for it. Just, okay, I, I think back to, like, the Chow era. We, we played one of the other Armed Forces teams pretty much every season. Navy, right? Navy, and we played Army pretty regularly, too. Um, and our Air Force is in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. So I think of those two uh, as being independents that maybe we could fill our schedule with. Great, that's two. Okay, whenever you consider a couple of power five schools that we're going to play against, that's four. Throw in there an FCS team, that's five. We still need eight other games to fill our to fill our schedule with. If you're trying to get to thirteen, what where are those other eight coming from? If we're not in a conference, and remember, with a lot of conference movement. There's the possibility that you're going to see more of these teams playing more conference games. There is the possibility that some of the deals you have now... It's already happening. Yeah. Some of the deals you have now, they're going to be reneged on because... SEC is already doing SEC matchups. This this week is when it's starting. Right. Um, I think they've gone to what a nine-game schedule, I think it was. Yeah. So... You know, you're going to see more of that because you're going to have more value in playing those games as compared to playing a, an FCS opponent. You don't have the standing to be like, oh, all right, um, let's get a couple of body bag games because where are you going to put them? And, and who's going to want to break out of their schedule out of playing Wisconsin and Oregon and Penn State 
to take a break from that and be like, oh, let's play Hawaii. It it makes no logical sense. Uh, let's get uh, let's get Alex in here quickly. Alex, how are you? Hey, gentlemen, great conversation. Thank you, Definitely, thanks, man. We're not in a power we're not in a power position to to go independent. That's that's crazy. Anybody thinking about that? But I remember uh, back, you know, nine to eleven years ago, somebody uh, bring it up. If it wasn't June Jones uh, about you know playing a game or two in Japan. And, you know, right now with our attendance down and, and our situation with our stadium, I think um, trying to get into that market and becoming that, that their own team for a game or two could could light something uh, on fire. You know, imagine being Japan's team and getting there and they got fifty to 100,000 people in the Tokyo Dome with, with uh, against Wisconsin or even a conference team. And for several years, you plant yourself over there one or two games out of the season, and it can it can take uh, to a new market where then you know you have a value, and hopefully you're winning along the way. So that way, you know, it makes you much more uh, visible to other markets, or you know, like oh Hawaii's got Japan market uh, corner, let's uh, bring them into our conference. Uh, that's their value, and then we can make more money. That, that, that was my thought on that. Thanks for the call, Alex. Yeah. I'd- I appreciate the call. The The one thing, unfortunately, is football just isn't that big over there just yet. It's still on the up. Um, it's still growing. If if we brought UH baseball over there, baseball yes. would absolutely kill it. Yes. They love pretty much all things Hawaii. They just don't quite have the – um, national adoption and understanding of the game of football just yet. I, I, I love the creative out-of-the-box thinking. Um, I, I, I'd be shocked if if it drew more than 15,000 or 20,000. I, I, I want to be optimistic there. Um, we tried it in Australia yep. um, against Cal. That was my uh, junior season. You didn't get to go on that trip. Unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> Me and six other walk-ons didn't make the trip. Um, but um, that game wasn't well attended, and it was in a massive rugby arena. Yeah, and that's why that only lasted, I think, two years. Hawaii played in one, and, and two other teams played in the second year. Um, so th- it's been attempted you almost need a guarantee of a slam dunk yeah. to take that on. And that's why Notre Dame could go to Ireland. Slam dunk. They talked about the amount of millions of dollars that that game against um, Navy, right? Was it Navy or was it, Navy or was it Air Force? It was Navy, right? Yeah, they played Navy. Yeah. Um, the millions of dollars that pumped into Ireland's economy into Dublin with all of the fans from from uh, from from the continent that went there to support the yep. Fighting Irish. They estimated like a hundred and fifty million that's, over that's, one one weekend. That's right. Yeah, you know Hawaii does not have that same brand name, and it's connected with the Irish. And by the way, tell me a team that whether it's in week zero or week one that wants to start off its season. Far, 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 far away from home, playing in Japan, and then making the cross country trip, and then playing in week one. The only the only thing that resembles this that we could maybe 
squeak away with, and Steven Sai brought this up before, is doing a few of our home games from Vegas. I I I I loved the idea. I co-signed the idea. Yeah. I I don't know if Sam Boyd Stadium has been condemned, but if it hasn't, um, you know, I would seriously consider it. There's more native-born Hawaiians living in Vegas That's now right. than they are living here. That is right. Which is crazy. This might sound kind of harsh because I know there's all those people that are like, really? You're going to take away a game from here and go and play it in Vegas. Let me be kind of um, kind of blunt here. I think it's unfortunate, but I'd almost guarantee that you'd have more people going to Sam Boyd Stadium watching, let's say, Hawaii and Oregon than you'd be able to handle inside uh, the Clarence D.C. Ching Athletics Complex. Yep. Or let's just do Stanford, Hawaii, in mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. You'd get more than the 13,000 tickets issued for that game, I you guarantee probably it. would. Guarantee it. And, and you give Hawaii an excuse not just to support our team, but an excuse to go to Vegas. Yes, which we would all uh, love to have that excuse. Which We're is getting ours. nuts that people are more likely to go on a trip to Vegas and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars but not drive to Manoa. Yeah, you're right. But I also think a lot of those people in Vegas, they just want to see something that's entertaining. And you bring a power conference team over and you play them, there's entertainment value, they'll want to go see them. Visiting teams, fans will want to go, they'll want to see them. And I think you have an opportunity. I'm thinking of... um, you know, when Alabama-Texas played, it was the All-State Crossbar Showdown. They had a um, a title sponsor behind it, which is money that's generated. I'm sure some of the schools get a little bit of that. When North Carolina and South Carolina played, it was the Dukes-Mayo Classic. Um, in, in week one, I'm sure there was boatloads of Duke Mayo, uh, Dukes-Mayo going around there. <laughs> Golick probably had a few. Um, you've got all of these games that are these classics that have name brands behind it, the All-States, et cetera. I think you could do that. Just imagine the um, the California Hotel's Ninth Island kickoff, and you have that in week zero or week one, and it's Hawaii and um, Oregon. Yeah. I, I, I probably should look at next year's schedule before I say something like that. Don't but we I play mean, a Big Ten team next year? Uh, don't quote me on it. You're probably right, but I want to look at the schedule before I say something idiotic. Um, <laughs> that that should be my theme in life. Uh, there's no big – well, yeah. Um, Oregon and UCLA will both be Big Ten teams next year. Yep. I'm sorry. That I, that had yeah. to click for me for a little that, bit. That's what it is. But, but just imagine that. You took one of those teams. Hmm. You played them in Sam Boyd, if you could. Um, thank you, Stephen Sy, for the idea a few years ago. We're, we're munching off, and, off of it now. But take that game. You will get more than 15,000 people. Yep. And if you get some corporate backing behind that, that could offset some of the money that it would, it would take to do all the travel and stuff. You could make that happen. Or make it the UCLA game because it will be closer travel for UCLA fans to get there. Whichever one it is. Hmm. It makes more sense than having to worry about whether you're going to get a 15,300-ticket sellout at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex against a Power 5 opponent, which you shouldn't have to think about, you know? But unfortunately, we do. 
because we had two home games in, a, in an expanded venue that haven't been sellouts. So uh, back to that caller just before we hit yeah. the break. Okay. He, he mentioned Japan. It's not quite <laughs> on a, an understanding level with the game of football. A, 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 a country that is is Germany. Mm-hmm. And one of the NFL games this year is going to be played in Germany. Mark my words, that game will be 100% sold out. They had several games in Germany. It will be a banger of a success. Yeah. I promise. And it really just boils down to because the, the GFL, the, the GFL Football League is fantastic right underneath the CFL. Mm-hmm. So some teams might even be better than some CFL teams. Wow. Um, the, it just, there's, oh my goodness, twice in the same show. There's levels to this, Josh. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the widespread consumption of football is quite there in Japan. Uh, Sports Center is coming up in uh, just about five minutes. We got another look at traffic. We've had a uh, auto fire. We have had a uh, fire behind uh, a business center in Avilay. Uh, it's getting uh, uh, pretty messy out there. So uh, take your time. If you need to stall time before getting on the roads, do that. If you need to uh, go to the mall, run some errands, or do whatever you got to do, you might want to do that because uh, your commute home may not be all that fun. Uh, want to remind you about athletes. You can check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube page. Uh, Cole Malsoff talking with uh, some of his Punahou buds, uh, Giancarlo Rufo and uh, <laughs> John Kiawe Sangopolu. What was that face for? Uh, the Punahou buds thing? Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> uh, you can check it out at ESPNHonolulu. We, we have – no, we have um, – we we have we, we go back and forth sometimes. We've got the the, the Punahou folks. Uh, we have a lot of Iolani folks yep. that uh, that work here at this very radio station. So and you sometimes get the Hood people that shove that down their throat. So you know, sometimes like I feel like I'm a I, I'm on the outs. Oh, dude, I'm 100 percent on the outs. Yeah, or none of those. Nope. Keegan's raising his hand. Lake like, Zurich, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hilo. Yep, I don't, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have that. But um, hey, what school you go? St. Joe, bro. There um, we go. But, nice. <laughs> but uh, Josh speaking some pigeon, I love it. <laughs> Closing out your Wednesday. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Thanks so much for uh, taking us with you on your commute. Plan some extra time. It's. Uh, as we're seeing, it is not looking all that fun. We've seen a car fire. Um, tra- traffic's pretty busy, so hang in there. We've got more updates for you here uh, over the course of the afternoon. We're just sitting here. I mean, honestly, for the next hour, we're just sitting here waiting for traffic to go away. And, when, and then when we leave, traffic will be better. Right? Is that what we're doing? We're, we're, we're just sitting You're here letting traffic go away? You're not wrong. <laughs> Although I'll be honest, if I leave here um, a few minutes after six, get off the uh, off the freeway, off the uh, the, the vineyard exit, eh, traffic's still pretty packed. Yep. Until you get by Punahou. Yes, and then it, it definitely flows pretty well from there. Uh, but yeah, take us along with you. Um, make that commute uh, a, a little lighter. Some of the things we've covered today. 
Um, we have covered the NBA's uh, attempts to try to knock down load management uh, by putting together a, uh, a resting policy, especially for in-season tournament and uh, nationally televised games. First fine, $100,000. They can fine you over a million dollars, depending on how many times uh, you have violated that resting policy. We've talked about uh, turf versus grass because uh, everybody is still enamored with the uh, Aaron Rodgers injury and more so why it happened. Because, I don't know, you can't just say an injury was a freak injury. You have to blame something for it. Um, I have always, side note to that, I always get annoyed. Sometimes things just are what they are. We are kind of in this society that sometimes we have we have to attach blame to something. Hmm. And if we don't attach blame to something, then it's like, oh, you're, just, you're, you're letting it off like it's no big deal. Well, sometimes, or that you don't care enough. Yeah. And sometimes, I don't know, things happen and – it's not like anybody caused it. It's not like anybody was malicious. Injuries are an example of that. Sometimes injuries happen. Sometimes I may be walking and I could just be, you know, clumsy and fall down and all of a sudden, oh, I got a swollen ankle. Uh, is it anybody's fault? No, I'm just clumsy. I'm not placing the blame on the ground for being maybe a half inch uneven. It's my fault. Yep. Um, in okay, this... I got I got a go butterfly effect. Okay, scenario for you. Okay, you're walking out of Seven Eleven. You have a Slurpee in your hand. Okay, and the sidewalk is uneven mm -hmm. because the giant tree that's next to Seven Eleven, its roots are growing up underneath the sidewalk. Okay. okay. Happens all the time out here in Hawaii. You catch a toe on that sidewalk and go stumbling into the road just as a truck is going by. Ooh. It would have been no one's fault. You can't blame the truck driver. You can't blame yourself. You can't blame the 7-Eleven employee who gave you the Slurpee. Maybe you could blame the tree. <laughs> <laughs> but the tree was there. The tree's been there a long time. You, you know what you could probably say, though? Not not to be like devil's advocate guy and, and be like, but you just said you can't blame anybody. Um, you could say maybe there should have been some signage to protect liability to be like, hey, uh, some white watch paint or something. Uneven ground. Yep. Like sometimes when you're driving and they're resurfacing the highway or the freeway that where they've stopped because they haven't gotten to it yet, it's uneven, so they kind of tell you it's uneven to kind of be like, yeah, don't drive 85 so your car is like, woo, um, when you're going off of the uh, the newly paved part of the, the, the freeway. Yep. Um, kind of look at it like that, I guess. Yep. But um, let's look at the Rodgers injury just for which a is second. why we got Which you. is why we're getting here. <laughs> Rodgers was getting dosy -si doed danced around by that linebacker who had him in his clutches mm -hmm. and was trying his best to, I don't know, get through the tackle, kind of extend the play a little bit. As and some do. You're also almost 40 years old trying to uh, fight off a 300-plus pound 
specimen of a human trying to wrestle you to the ground. You are, you're gladiators. You're fighting. You're going to get hurt. Yep. It just happens. Um, this was a contact injury. Uh-huh. Achilles also happened in non-contact injuries. That is correct. I.e. Kobe Bryant whenever he was playing. So it's uh it's just what happens with sports unfortunately. The um if you want to assign blame again realizing that we started this same you'd be like you don't you can't blame anybody or blame everything. You can't you know, if you wanted to um you could blame your offensive line for putting you under pressure enough times that you end up getting hurt. Then again, or Aaron um, Rodgers not getting rid of the ball fast enough. There you go too. Um, then again, I mean, we were talking like four plays into his Jets career. So the point being bigger picture is, hey, no quarterback's going to be in a game in which he is had a got a clean pocket on every play. That's right. Sports. So you can yell at your offensive line, but you can't really be like, you know, blaming your offensive line because it happens. You're kind of out of the pocket. It happens. Um, also, the QB reserves the right to run on every play. That is correct. And when you start becoming a runner, you kind of lose that ability to be protected. But so I, I just I, I'm a big uh, advocate for never blaming anyone playing sports. Yeah. There's a million different decisions on any given play by everybody involved. I just don't want to get caught up in – to me, that creates drama. Like, you know, hey, we got to we gotta blame somebody, and then ultimately we got to file a lawsuit, you know, and now we got to get the players' union involved because we don't want to play on turf. We all want to play on grass. Yeah. Uh, where were you when MetLife was built? You know, like, come on. Be – be real about the situation and not be reactive because one of the game's stars got hurt because it happens. It has happened to stars before. It, it is Rogers is not the first star to get hurt on game one, and he won't be the last. Yep. So don't be reactive and start blaming the league and blaming MetLife Stadium. Blame sports. Yep. And it's the conflict that makes us want to watch. I really don't know where Fred's going to go, but let's say hi to Fred anyway. Fred, how are you? Yeah. Uh, this morning, uh, I was rushing to the walk uh, light. And I was in a rush to get to walk in the walk light, and I tripped and I fell on my forehead. Oh, no. Whoa. Yeah. I'm okay. Okay. Um, if that's related to the topic. but Yeah. Yeah, jogging yeah, on your own and tripping – because and no one fault. else caused it, right? It right. just happened. It was just my physical uh, inequities or whatever. Physical yeah. inequities, uh, or you just you just uh, didn't uh, you couldn't uh, see. I should just not rush. Uh, so, you, so, so Fred is being someone who says, "I'm not blaming anybody else. Mm-hmm. I was just rushing. I was just I was trying to to exercise, and I rushed, and I was a little too a little doing a little too much, and I fell." Okay, so okay. Fred's not filing a lawsuit against anybody. No, nobody. Yeah. Cool, Fred. Okay. Yeah. Hope you're okay. Thank you for uh, thank you for dialing in. I didn't know where Fred was going, um, but that was uh, and, and honestly, that was one of Fred's finer calls. There we go. 
Uh, and Fred's been calling into this radio station for a long time. It's kind of weird that one of his finer calls did involve some sort of injury, uh, which, was, again, we, we hope he's okay. It sounds yeah. like he is. But it's a, it's a good point. It's like, okay, um, okay, you fell, but is your first instinct to see if you are okay? Or is your first instinct to look back to the point of where you fell and see if there is some kind of issue there which would make you say, huh, why is that there? Or why is there a crack in the sidewalk? Or why is there, like, this thing protruding outward? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mindset thing. I, 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 would, I would think that some of these players, because they've played the game for a long time, would be better about it. I don't know. I mean, you've played long enough. You might have had an injury like this in your career, or you might have seen someone else have an injury like this in your career that you'd, you'd, you'd accept it. It probably feels like your season is over, I'm sure, but you'd accept it and move on. You know the industry you're in. but And his life isn't over. No. In fact, Aaron Rodgers today says uh, he'll be back. We'll rise again. I mean, if if anybody would would say that. In fact, yeah. He, he said it on Instagram to you know, it a, really a platform been, I don't have. It would have been funny if he said, I'll turn on the light again. Because we all know he's go- <laughs> headed into darkness right now. Aaron Rodgers on Instagram. Uh, all of... <laughs> Well played. I didn't know you were going there. Um, Aaron Rodgers on Instagram, and I quote, I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all of the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. I'm sorry. You think that's funny? Yes, because when he says moving through the healing process, we know that includes all of the hallucinogenics he can get his hands on. You're you're talking about uh, the natural healing. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's they, why I'm laughing. I, I, or, or what is it? What is the official name of it? Holistic healing. Yeah, say whatever what you it want. It's drugs. Um, but no, but that's not the best line. The best line is, "The night is darkest before the dawn." Oh you kind of said it. Gosh. The night is darkest before Batman. the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. He's quoting Harvey Dent from Dark Knight. Is that is that where the quote that's is from? Literally, where it's from. Really? Yes. And I've watched it, but I I never really connected the quote. Yeah. But it makes when sense. When Gotham is at its worst. It makes sense. He's in New York. All right, but they're one to know, my friend. He did put that at the end. Proud Good. of my guys, one to know, jet emoji, hashtag. Sounds like he's got a lot in his mind. Which is why Instagram is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, we, we mentioned it in our final words yesterday. I still couldn't believe all the folks and as as much of a Packers fan as I am. All of the folks who saw the Rodgers injury, and I guess they got so happy, um, probably because they don't like him or they just felt like, hey, free beer's coming. The folks that ran up their tab at that Milwaukee bar only to realize the game's not over, punt return for a touchdown in overtime, and they're going to have to pay for all that beer. House always wins. That is that is true. And I'm uh, and honestly, I'm a little disappointed in in those folks who, you know, if they're Packers fans, I, I'm 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 disappointed. I'll speak from my perspective. I I may not be able to stand the guy, 
because I found him to be kind of selfish and annoying and whatever. Kind but, of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I don't. I don't know if you can say that though. Okay. Um, but I. I would say, despite all of that, not being on the team, I would not wish any harm on him. No, you never want. And I would. Yeah, it's interesting I, that there's a fine line there. And I would not wish on him to lose. I don't know. I mean, he's not playing in the division. I mean, he gave a lot to your franchise. I would hate to see him like. Um, yeah, I, I would hate to. I I don't need. I don't feel the need to be like, hey, uh, um, you know. I I hope that you lose because you're not here. You gave enough. Hey, good luck to you. I'm rooting for Jordan Love more, but good luck to you. Whatever. I'm not going to waste my sure. mental energy. So if you're like, oh, he's hurt. All right, let's drink up, folks. No, he's a person. Idiots. You don't wish pain on people. Idiots. I hope they had enough money to pay that beer tab. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> Idiots. Um, by it, the way, uh, if Yeah. That's for you. That is for you. Uh, by the way, it should be noted for those that weren't listening in on Monday, that went way over Hunter's head. Yep. Hunter did not realize that that was the song you hear at Lambo when the team scores touchdowns. Yeah. Never been to Lambo. Well, driven by it. But. Watch watch the game when they play in Green Bay. You'll hear it a lot. Yeah. Um, our good friend uh, Kavika Hallams, he's awesome. He says, high five Hunter for me. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> he, he certainly took, uh, yeah. took what you said to heart. Yeah. Uh, one more here from the 765. Turf has never caused an Achilles injury. Peak age group is 30 to 40 years old. Rodgers is old. Blame game. Yeah, like I say, we did find somebody to blame. Father Time. Because Father Time is still undefeated. The uh, the fantasy football talk has been, uh, well, it's been getting heated here in the last couple of minutes. It is off the bench here on ESPN. I apologize. Hunter let one loose there. We apologize. <laughs> yes, my bad. Hunter will be better. I have a long history with uh, number 12 from Green Bay. And, yes. Uh, that wound is still having salt poured in it, apparently. It is. Thank you, Keegan. Turn it off. He just... We were just talking about salt being poured in the wound. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We... we Well, let me let me do the read first. Uh, we've got our pigskin picks, $1,000 uh, grand prize, hundreds of dollars in weekly prizes. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com. Play along with us. See how you do. Don't be last place because we're not. Um, we were having this fantasy football conversation, and uh, uh, Keegan, who's running the controls, just randomly goes to you and says, well, good luck, Hunter, this week. Good luck. Just out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> you see. Unsolicited. It is like one of those passive-aggressive kind of things. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it, it is. Oh, it wasn't. It's, you straight up good luck no, this week. You didn't mean to say good luck, Hunter. Yes, I did. No, you weren't wishing him good luck. You were kind of like just rubbing in like, hey, I'm playing you. Good luck trying to beat me. I know you. 
you're 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 known me long enough then. Your ego in fantasy football. <laughs> Keegan's awesome at a lot of things. And, and and I don't want anybody to get this twisted. Keegan is an amazing person um in a lot of different areas because Keegan's just a great dude. But Keegan's ego in fantasy football is so off the charts. When Keegan wins, it's like I'm listening to a Dallas Cowboys fan gloat after a meaningless win. It is the worst. And so I called him out for it during the break. You're not wishing him good luck. You're just you're you're just trying to rub it in that you're playing him and you're planning on beating him. I just said good luck. Who's the guy who's 0 and 1? Who's the guy who's 0 and 1? I am. Well, so is he. But I mean, yep. you're the only one in this room right now that's not 0 and 1. Yeah. And, and and yet he tries to come at me too. I it's got like, the wrong J O. I thought it was, it, you was did. it was another J O. You can guess who it was. Yeah, you did. And on that note, um, just an update because we had this conversation at the top of this hour yesterday. Yeah. My uh, my call out to Gary Dickman went unheard. But there is something incredibly hilarious about how this ended up happening. So yesterday, I I made a plea to Gary Dickman. His um, his quarterback in his fantasy football league is Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Aaron Rodgers, as you know, is done. Um, I have four quarterbacks. I'm trying to unload some of my four quarterbacks. I made a plea on these airwaves. Make a trade. I want to get rid of one of these. Make a trade. So after the show, I made a trade. I suggested a trade. I suggested Jared Goff for Aaron Jones. I see him this morning here at work. We're leaving. I'm grabbing Starbucks, and um, he's leaving to, to, to go home. Didn't realize that the trade was from me. And then he, um, he, he notes something he did wrong. He was going to release Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Instead of releasing Aaron Rodgers, he released Aaron Jones. Oof. Green Bay running back who's listed as questionable, but is supposed to get about 15 fantasy points this week. Time of day when you make fantasy decisions matter matter a lot. It does. Our Zephyr Insurance text line's been busy today for a number of different reasons. Scott, listening to our fantasy segment just a moment ago, and I quote, Sounds like Gary is not that good in fantasy. Did he ever win a championship? And how much does Keegan have? Okay, hold on. First... I think Gary's probably good in fantasy. I mean, he did have his own fantasy show uh, way back when. Mm. We don't have it anymore. Um, you, we do have something called Fantasy Football Forecast. It's on Friday nights on our sister station, CBS 1500. It's at 730. Uh, I think Michael Fabiano from Sports Illustrated is part of that. Uh, so you can get some fantasy football advice there. But um, he's not bad. I mean, he, just, he, he made a mistake. He dropped the wrong Aaron. He was probably tired. It happens. I drafted four quarterbacks. Mistakes happen. No. So I'm not going to bury him so much because I have to bury myself first. May or may not be connected to attention to detail. But it probably is. Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to just look at their pictures, <laughs> <laughs> they look totally different 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 positions one has dreadlocks the other does not yeah I, I, one I has a mustache the other does not gary gary has a weird sleep schedule yeah 
So I, I think that that might have something to do with it. By the way, the other question here, how much does Keegan have? Um, as soon as I read that text to Keegan, um, Keegan immediately put his two fingers up and said he has two. And then he, in, in his, you know, aggressiveness about his, you know, his, his big fantasy football ego, he said, I'm the only one at this radio station who's won back-to-back fantasy championships. Wow, taking that way out of context, I just said, I think I'm the only one that's ever gone back-to-back. Are you referring to this league specifically? Yes. Okay. The I think is a cover. It's a, it's a cover. Mm-hmm. I, thought you're, I thought you're supposed to be able to quote me word for word. I said, I think I'm the only one back-to-back. I, I don't remember the think, but again, I think, I think you using it is kind of like a cover. Um, text are here from the two, two, three, we're, we're, we're rolling through text messages here. Some of the things that we've parked, uh, we've talked about football field enhancements. Uh, we've spent some time on the Clarence TC Ching athletics complex and, uh, Craig Angelus was asked a little bit about it last night on the Craig Angelus show. Texter asks, what are the chances of adding one or two more levels of parking spaces on the parking structure? and adding press boxes along the top part of the parking structure overlooking the football field. No. So I'm just going to get the press boxes out of the part out of the way. No. I am absolutely certain that it can be done years before Aloha Stadium. Version 2 can be completed. In addition, the UH Athletic Department has proven that they can make great accomplishments. I'm just speaking on, on, on the part of the press boxes. Yep. No. We're not moving the press boxes on top of a parking structure. Well... And to the corner of an end zone. Right. It's not an ideal viewing angle for press box. Right. We want to call the game by seeing it. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, it's actually a pretty great view of of the stadium from the top of that parking structure. Is it really? It is. Okay. And you can, with the new Jumbotron on the back of the last Murakami... You can totally enjoy a game from the top level of the of the parking structure. The seat the seats don't block it out. No, interesting. Okay, and I've never been up there to to try to catch a, a uh, view. If you can totally put another, I don't know, however many seats, uh, on the top of that parking structure, hmm. and offer that as another kind of a alternative seating section and probably you would need to situate it if you're looking at the parking structure from above the southeast corner okay of the top of that parking structure to avoid not uh being cut off from the uh the west end zone seats Uh um but you can totally enjoy the game from up there. And I'm curious what security does from keeping people from watching it from up there, honestly. Cause yeah. Anybody could walk over there and enjoy the game. I have noticed, um, I, I took this in on Saturday, where I, I would see a, a, a police vehicle on each level kind of parked in like the same spot that had a blue light on. And I, I don't know if their job was to keep people from just hanging out there or whatever or watch if there's tailgating going on or whatever it was. But I did notice that hmm. um, on Saturday, and I hadn't really paid attention to it before. Now, the parking structure thing was the other question. I don't know how long it would take to build another parking structure level. Like, right now, it's actually kind of perfect if you think about it because that last level takes you right out 
onto uh, Dole Street. Yeah. Yep. And right by uh, the uh, Richard School of Law. Yeah. And yep. if you're able, like, I think of like volleyball nights. Like, if you're, a, if if you park in a certain place and and the closest exit gets you out there, you're actually out a lot quicker, going up there and then going right onto Dole. It's actually really convenient and it flattens out because I mean, technically that that last highest level, which most people don't park in, um, on a volleyball night, for example, right there, um, you know street level i don't know what it would be like to add another level i don't know if that would impact some of those things like that particular area to be able to go out um if you're now congesting things because um you know now you've got to block that off to create something new now i think there could be space maybe not the entire structure but maybe like half of it still building up or something uh-huh. um because it just seems like a tremendous waste of space to cover the top of that parking structure with solar, Josh. It feels like a, a complete waste of space where we could go another two or three levels up. Mm-hmm. So I actually agree with the texture there. And on top of that, I've always thought ne- next to putting some seats on top of the parking structure, you could actually surround the field on top of the coaches' offices, I ha- I'm getting Wrigley vibes by this. Totally. And you you would still feel the stadium experience. You would hear all the music. You would hear the band. And it already in the um, architecture of the coaches' offices and what exists on lower campus has a feel like a kind of uh, makeshift stadium with different levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it, those seats are di- certainly going to be cheaper. Um, or you or you don't make them cheaper, but you create like a um, – you create like a box seat out of that. Mm. Create it where if you've got a great view of the field, it is – They absolutely do. Then you do it this way. You create like a, a, a sky box, if you will. Yep. You have your own private concession – um, your own food and drink, um, you know, make that, you know, doll it up a little bit, I guess, and, you know, make that an, a, an intimate, unique experience and have several of those around if you can do so safely. If they could do that safely, to me, there's nothing stopping them from moving the Skybox-esque uh, suites that they have uh-huh. on T.C. Ching Athletic Complex to above the um, the offices and then extending seats behind the south sideline. Nothing like it, and it would feel like a skybox because mm-hmm. they're they're an additional I don't know fifty feet above ground level. So view, viewership from up there would be fantastic. And, and Craig Angelus is all about finding ways to bring in revenue. So I mean that's that's not a bad thing to think about. Um, I'll get to one more text on that in a moment. Junior's been waiting very patiently first. Junior, what's up? Yeah, when uh, I was going to school way back in the Stone Ages, you know, that area behind um, the Wahine Softball Stadium and the present Cook Field and everything was like, they were called the quarry. Yeah. Because it was a piece of land that they didn't develop. And it really irritates me because the stadium is still there at Aloha Stadium, 
And, you know, just imagine the crowds that would come in from the west side on the rail and Aloha Stadium would be hopping. I mean, how can you get too excited when there's only 5,000 or 6,000 that came to the last game, you know? Granted, it wasn't a Stanford or a BYU, but, you know, I don't know how the legislature is going to get us money to do that kind of stuff if we can't even go 5,000 in a 16,000-seat stadium, yeah? Well, two things on that. And, and Junior, thanks yeah. for calling. I think, well, let's get the numbers right. It was 7,600, um, not 5,000, in a 15,300-seat venue. Um, his point is fair. Like, we, we can't ask for the world but not, you know, make perfect use of what you have. And it goes both ways, surely. But... You can't be like, hey, let's you know, let's build this thing up at the Clarence T. Teaching Athletics Complex, and then it's going to be for what? You build a fifteen thousand three hundred seat venue to twenty thousand, but yet you're still getting twelve. That doesn't seem to make logical sense, and that's where you've got to separate the difference between, you know, asking, asking, and well, wanting, 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 because everybody wants stuff. Yeah, not just. You know, folks who want stuff in sports, not just UH athletics, everybody wants stuff. Yep. That's why people go to the legislature because they want to advocate for their nonprofit. They want to advocate for schools. They want to advocate for other things. And they want the legislature to be able to fund those things that they advocate for. But it's very hard to go to the legislature and say, hey, we need $10 million more dollars for the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex, and then they'll come back and say, you you got money to get to 15-3. You didn't fill 15-3. Yeah. So why should you get more money to improve on the 15-3? Now, maybe, and I, I love what Craig Angelus has talked about in the facilities master plan. I think it's, 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 a, it's awesome. And he's talking about Clum Gym and seeing yep. if they can make that into like a student performance center. I love that he is not settling, it sounds like, on even you know one of the best venues. Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center is one of the two or three best venues in the Big West Conference for indoor sports. And it is, I mean, I, what are we now? Um, I want to say it's 30-plus years old. doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's kept really well. Shout out to, uh, to Rich Sheriff. It's kept pretty well. Um, you know, he even said, you know, hey, we can improve on some things. That they're not resting and settling on that stuff they just made improvements to Les murakami stadium during the pandemic and he'd said you know maybe there are some things we can improve on like like the turf and stuff at at, at Les murakami stadium the facilities master plan i believe is is tremendous and if you want to ask for money you can do so for those areas because those areas are obvious need there are are aging things there and i think you can legitimately ask for and get money to support those areas because the effort is there and there's clear use there. Um, especially Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Maui Invitational looks like it's going to be there. Clear need to make sure you want some of these bigger events, you want to host some more things, hey, you're going to have to make the upgrades to to, to do that. So I, I love that. I, I think that's where we, we, we got to be careful. I don't, I don't want to hear a lot of those people like, oh, we need to... You know, we need to, to, to build it up to 20000 We need to make this the home. We don't need Aloha Stadium anymore. Full stop. Full, full stop. Like that. You still need Aloha Stadium. You, and, and, and it doesn't have to be for UH. No, it 
I believe it, it still should be. I think you can have two venues, but I think you need to think beyond UH. You could have Aloha Stadium for your, your state high school events. You could have Aloha Stadium for professional soccer. You can have Aloha Stadium for concerts. You can have Aloha Stadium for professional rugby. You can have Aloha Stadium. I believe, I believe we should have more than one bowl game here. Mm. We used to. We had the Hula Bowl and the Aloha Bowl. I think it was the Hula Bowl and the Aloha Bowl, but we had two bowl games at one point. I think you could have, you know, bowl games there that feature Power 5 conference teams like you used to. Why not host a big-time high school thing? You know, like for Coach uh, um, Coach Miano's uh, Polynesia, Polynesian Bowl. Bring it back. Bring it back. Because yeah. it used to be at Aloha Stadium. Yep. You know, these are these are the areas of thinking that I think some people have. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like nobody does, but some people are kind of missing, missing the bigger point in the bigger picture. And I and I'd like to see people kind of feel that and and and, and get that, um, and, and not not seem so kind of like look so like narrowly in the box, mm. if you will, right. Uh, final words coming up in a moment. Our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard in a little while as well. Want to remind you about athletes. Uh, Cole Malsoff talking to uh, Giancarlo Rufo and uh, John Chiave Sangapolutele. He knows them because uh, all three of those uh, individuals went to Punahou. And uh, I'm a little jealous because they all got to eat really good food from Yama's Fish Market. Why didn't I go to Punahou? I could have been a part of that. Hmm. Uh, it's hey, uh, school you go St. Joe, bro. <laughs> Did you 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 really went with that? <laughs> he told me he was that clipping was it. Great. I had no clue he was going to use it right there. It didn't uh, even sound like us, bro. It didn't. That's awesome. Um, athletes is on our YouTube and at ESPNHonolulu.com. Bravo, Keegan. <laughs> Brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. We'll wrap things up next. Final words coming up here uh, in just a moment. Don't forget. Pigskin Picks, it's presented by M. Dyer Global, Young's Fish Market as well. $1,000 grand prize, uh, weekly prizes, around 100 bucks as well. Uh, check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, we got to make our picks a little bit later on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk through them tomorrow. Who do you have uh, Thursday night football? Just uh, throwing it out there. Uh, Philly. You got Philly. Yeah. Okay. They're um, going to handle business against Minnesota. Yeah, I'll take Philly too. Um I, I, if Minnesota were at home, I'd probably take the Vikings, but I'll go Philly. Uh, I'll go Philly 2-0. Um, Nick Sirianni needs to watch making Jalen Hurts run. You've got a franchise quarterback here, and you've got a slew of great uh, running backs. You need to be careful about running him too much and injuring your your star horse. Yeah. Um I, I think sometimes there is you know, you, you want to make the big play. You don't want to limit your uh, you, you don't want to limit your guy, right? Uh, but I do believe, yeah, you've got to be you got to be careful and reasonable about it, uh, while also knowing, hey, we got to get the most, we got to sure. get the most out of them. Uh, a couple of texts here from the two two four, WrestleMania at Aloha Stadium. Oh, let's go. I am not opposed to that, but you're not getting it at a twenty five thousand seat venue. Uh, you got to get about eighty, and we sure as heck are not getting it. And they sell it out, state. don't they? They do. Yeah, it's huge. There was another wrestling entity that just went to England 
They had 80, it was London, 81,000. Dang. Yeah. So you aren't, you aren't getting no stinking WrestleMania at a twenty-five or 30,000 seat venue. You want a UFC event, cool, but you're certainly not getting a WrestleMania there. Uh, one more to the current venue and other um, venues on campus that uh, involve showing television on the board. Brian asks, why do we not play the instant replay on reviewed plays in the stadium and arena? It's a great question. Feels like only UH does it. I don't know that that's true that only UH does it. I can't speak to what other schools do. In the pros, it's a little bit different, I think. Um I don't know. My only assumption is that they don't want, you know, the crowd like you hear, hearing stuff before a call is made and influencing and whatever. I I don't know. They're certainly careful about that at our games. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wondered the same thing. Volleyball, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if a game is on TV for baseball and they have replay, same thing. They go quickly to a, a graphic or or uh, they play games. Also, one of the advantages of listening to the radio because John and Mark have see the TV feed, have the TV feed up in the booth, and so they are able to comment on replay that we don't get access to watching the game. I will say, um, emoji shuffle during uh, during replay reviews in volleyball—it's been a little challenging. Mm. I missed one last time uh, at volleyball on Sunday. All right, <laughs> uh, final words, Hunter. Please, please take the wheel from me. <laughs> You are a big fan, Josh, of food in stadiums. Heck yeah. I would love to get, for my final words, I would love to get your reaction to the Slim Chicken 2.0 that is served at Eagles games. Sounds like a computer. Slim Chicken 2.0. All right. Describe to people. Oh, you're showing me. Okay. Frosted Flakes Fried Chicken. Cheese. Honey glazed bacon, cherry jam, ghost chili, the bun, apple fritters. Donuts. Okay, well, before I answer, um, you are probably the more health conscious one of the two of us. So, Oh, I'm definitely taking a bite out of that. Oh, are you really? Oh, absolutely. If I took the whole thing down, I think it's taken, it, taken me with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, where, now where, is, where is this being sold? Uh, in Philly during oh, Eagles games. Did they put a price tag on it? Good question. It's usually going to be pretty expensive. That's got to be expensive. I'm going to say that's got to be like 15, 15, 20 bucks. Would I do it? Um, Yeah, I think I would. I think I would probably spend another like 12 bucks on drinks, especially if there's ghost chilies in there. Mm. Um, that I, I might need to like wash that down. It might be a perfect combination of sweet and spicy. Yes. If it were me, I would replace the apple fritters with just like a glazed donut. Yep. Make the glazed donut. Especially the top if you got the, the frosted flakes already in there. Yes. I don't know. How I, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I just, you just don't know until you try it. Yep. The frosted flakes part is one of them. But I would be so down for that. I so, want I want to try that. Some of these things, I kind of wonder, like, can you make it on your own? And if you did, would you eat it? There was one, and, and I think Paul tweeted me this one, I think, last week. It's at a minor league baseball game. It's like a pizza cone. It's a waffle oh, cone. that's right. But it's got, like, pepperonis and cheese and tomato sauce. That I said no to. I don't. I don't think I could do that. 
No. We'll talk tomorrow after Wahine Volleyball against TCU. 